so people are going to be very, very surprised when this pops up in their feed. And I think we need, like, what's the most surprising way we can, like, pop out of the intro here? Like, what's the most surprising thing? Like, people turn on their podcast feed, and there we are. And all of a sudden, we're talking, like, what's the biggest, what's the most shocking way to do this? JFK is back, baby. (laughs) Oh, so we're doing, uh, like, a JFK jokes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's alive again? Is that the implication? Yeah, he's never gone. I'd be pretty surprised if I heard that. I feel like that might overshadow that the besties are back. Like if people say like America's Mm. favorite president, JFK, has returned (laughs) to us. uh, And also the podcast that uh, it was never really consistent, both in terms of release and in terms of quality. Mm -hmm. But now they're doing it every month is also back. And and, until, of course, they'll probably miss one of those months also. Again, because the consistency thing, I don't, and then disappear for two years. (laughs) Yeah, and I think people might be more psyched about about John, about Jackie Boy, about Jackie. Yeah. What about like James Buchanan is back, baby? Yeah. I don't see why it has to be a revived president. Structurally, Mm. yeah, it wasn't the it wasn't the ingredients uh, of your gag so much as the recipe that we (laughs) were uh, that we were. My uh, idea, my idea is we stealth release it as an episode of another podcast so mm-hmm. so, so, so it could be like um lime limetown and you mm-hmm. turn on limetown and they're doing they're talking about their thing there's a big scary conspiracy happening it's like welcome to limetown and then we kind of like burst through it and i'm not sure how we do that in audio form but we just kind of like burst through the podcast and we're all just fucking just like greased up and we just Wait. sort of slide through the podcast and through your headphones can you be I like a I, reporter? I think i know how we do it yeah Uh-oh. so they're like they're like it turns out the murderer was Conan O'Brien is back, baby, on NBC, the late Why, show. No, n- where are the surprise, Chris? Holy shit. You gotta go smaller and then bigger. That's the issue. <laughs> <laughs> this was a mistake. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best games of the month. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I'm the one who knows the best games of the month. My name is Chris Plant, and I know the best games of the month. My, why you punish me? <laughs> uh, it's Justin, me, Hootie. Justin's left. Say your fucking name, Russ Frustick. Russ Frustick is here. <laughs> All right. Uh, welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the best games, uh, <laughs> uh, the best movies, the best TV shows, fashion, fast food, uh, uh, game board so, so pieces. Other, what? Sorry, game board pieces. Game board like Mono- pieces, like the War- thimble from Monopoly, Warhammer yeah. Custos, whatever you want. We got it. But this week we're focusing on video games. You know, guys, they're not just Pac-Man anymore. They've come a long way, uh, and we're here to to explore that uh, on the Besties. Um, uh, the Justin, first thing I'm, what, yeah, I I don't want to turn this off on a tangent, but a man just went by on a bicycle right outside Griffin and I's house, uh, with a lance, 
like 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 a like like a six foot long pole, like he was gonna like start hunting the postman. Uh, hold on, I gotta see if I can fucking see this fool. He's gone. Wait, he, he, he just zipped by. But was it he in like, medieval garb? Like he was no, LARPing? no. He was dressed like a like a a normal fellow on a bike who is yeah. going to start assaulting. I just open up my blind, so I'll catch I'll catch him on lap two. Thank you, Chris. A You're welcome. PSA. Okay, now we can keep going. <laughs> good heads up. So just to clarify, we're doing this every other day. Besties? It feel, it's gonna feel like it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but no. We're so doing you're gonna get 150 some odd episodes in a year. Uh, no. Boy, that sounds like a prison of hell. <laughs> no, it's every month, and we're gonna talk about the best games of the month. Ooh, and what we th- what we thought of them because people. Uh, why are we Why are we doing this, guys? We got off on a tangent. Can we please try to start properly with the intro that I have? Sure. To do? Yeah, I'm yeah. ready to hear it. Guys, the second trailer in the last for Beauty and the Beast just came out. And that <laughs> yeah. movie is going to make so much money. I try to tell anybody that'll listen, like, that movie is going to make so much fucking money. There's, like, it's not just people, like, there's there's a generation of people who grew up with it. And also now their parents, and they have kids who also love it. That movie is going to make so much fucking money. How much okay. movie money you guys think that movie's going to fucking make? I don't Easy. know. Here, Here's my concern with that movie. No. So, no. Here, Here's the <laughs> issue. Is that you have this, like, real CG look to it, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's much more realistic, and then you have real actors. But then I look at, like, the creepy, like, lamp, and, like, Chip is, like, a little child with, like, a chunk missing from its head. Like, mm-hmm. it gets very it gets creepy. It gets grisly, yeah. I mean, everybody... Um, I, 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 is it possible to invest in a movie? Because I agree with Justin. I would love to put some money into this and then boost my investment because I, this thing's going to make a cool mill. <laughs> easy. It's, gonna it's, easy, it's easily going to clear a million dollars at the BO. Get on the Hollywood Stock Exchange. It's going to be Bafo BO. Head to hsx.com and just buy up Beauty and the Beast because this is going to be a super <laughs> hit for the ages. <laughs> Um, uh, no, I, I, uh, do we do honorable mentions first? Like things that didn't make our list for the month and then, but like we want to talk about, or is that just on our annual shows? No, I, th- I think we no. can do that. Cause you can sure. do that. Yeah. It I is wanna... weird though. Uh, before you get into that real quick, it's weird. <laughs> uh, not the segue again, but January is by and large a shitty month mm-hmm. for video games. Mm-hmm. Really shitty. And for whatever reason, this January is pretty damn good. I think w- once you hear everyone's picks, you'll be surprised that it was a pretty damn good month for games. Yeah, I, I was really kind of it, it kind of is almost a little disappointing because like after the rush of the holidays, I usually think of this time of the year as like, oh, I'll just relax and try to read some books and stuff like that. <laughs> but like that has not come to fruition. No books for, for me. There's been too many video games to play. Um, the one that I've actually oddly spent the most time with and did we talk about dragon quest builders on our last episode i don't think we I don't think did, we did. Uh, it, russ and i have both been playing it it is mm-hmm. a very good video game i'm not deeply embedded in the dragon quest thing um but I, I yeah i I've, I've got i got seven and eight um sent to me for the, the 3ds games and i was like oh dope big beefy rpgs to dip into the 3ds i just fucking can't I just can't. It's like so, a slime. So boring. I'm it's sorry. Always. I know. I know. There's so many people that love those games, but holy shit, they don't age well. They're they're the most boring RPGs ever. And those are new games. Those are not like aged games. I Seven mean, and eight are new. How new are they? Well, I, I think they were PS2. They were PS2 games. Oh really? Yeah. yeah so when dude. was the last like true new Dragon Quest game? 
uh, nine, I guess the the DS game. I actually like that one. Uh, okay, because you could like you created your own characters, and there's a bunch of like a bunch of customization stuff you could do. Yeah, but um, by by and large, the world and the story and the writing absolutely. Like, there's a fucking slime. No one cares. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rockandmoney.com slash besties justin tell me on builders uh builder the newest one was, was 10 by the way it was in 2012 oh was it coming this year i guess oh nerds um but builders is <clears throat> so it, it, it it's sort of based on the world building minecraft sort of formula where you're going around an open world and collecting uh wood dirt just wouldn't dirt. I mean, it's not even based on. I would say it's eighty percent that, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it. That's the that that is the part of the formula for sure. Um, layered over with some like light, very light JRPG uh, sort of. I would say the main thing is the storytelling, um, but there's also some like combat mechanics that feel yeah. sort of JRPG like. They're, they're active, but, but what's uh, weird about the storytelling is that I didn't really grasp what was going on because. the text was flying by so quickly like on the screen like i couldn't understand really or read any of it because for whatever reason my thumb just kept hitting x and i just what like needed to get past it as quickly as possible because it's fucking miserable Um, okay it's not i mean it's not exactly my cup of tea but the cool thing that they they do let let me let me here's the the hook for me mm -hmm. um in dragon quest builders there are four i guess four i haven't i haven't finished yet um because it's it's a beefy game um, they're, they're each discrete chapters and each one's a discrete world. Um, and in it, you're building a base is like the center of operations. Um, and the base, uh, there, there are obviously like places to build items like you, you know, your workbenches and upgraded workbenches and, uh, places to cook and stuff like that. But, um, beyond recipes for items, the, the thing that I think is really smart about, uh, Dragon Quest Builders is it gives you recipes for rooms. So, in your base, you ha- there, there's like a recipe for a private bedroom, for example. And a private bedroom has to have a bed and mm-hmm. a chest and a yeah. pot and a lighting source and a sign that says that it's your bedroom. Uh, and, and, and it has to have at least uh, like the walls have to be complete. And there has to be a door. But, but it, it is 
much more guided, I think, than your traditional, like your your Minecrafts or what have you. And for me, who always felt sort of overwhelmed by uh, the 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 Minecraft thing, um, it's really cool and satisfying. I think to like know how to build a room and like yeah. have a little bit more signposting there. Also, mm-hmm. like it's it it that 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 structure of game needs, um, it needs like a checklist. It needs completion stuff like that. It needs to give you like. Um, like objectives and and uh, uh, benchmarks for knowing like how you're progressing through the game. There's a lot of really s- smart stuff there. Um, yeah. This this episode is not going to be as long as our like four hour year no. specials. Right. I, we, I, should, we should move on. We should move on. But that I completely agree. I like it. I'm playing it on Vita. I know you played it on PS4, but uh, I really do enjoy that game as well. Apart from it's the story, a good which is total bike, garbage. Bike game where like you're not really f- that focused on it, but but something to occupy you. Yeah. Okay. Spitfire round. What else do people want to uh, put in here for honorable mentions? Uh, what was I gonna do? And then I changed my mind. Oh no, that's your game plan. Never mind. Yeah. Griffin, you got anything? Not really. I just mean, I had a, that solitaire uh, game. I just oh, had a God. I, Solitarica, guys, on iOS. Solitarica. It is a uh, uh, roguelike uh, game where it's just like boss battles, a series of boss battles. Uh, in a roguelike game, except the mechanics are based on solitaire. So mm-hmm. by oh, making, I played this. Yeah, by this making matches, you uh, get like energy to cast spells and fight the enemy, and you're trying to clear the the solitaire board. It's got I don't know, like, yeah. great mechanics, and it's really really fun. I don't know um, if you guys remember the very first game I brought to the besties in episode one was Fairway Solitaire, which actually great. sounds very similar. So um, I'm all about it. Yeah, I haven't played too much other than my game, which I played the shit out of, because um, uh, I have a, a baby. And since I started when I during my paternity leave month, holy shit, I played some games. Played Final Fantasy fifteen, which we didn't talk about because we recorded Besties Year and Special before it came out. <laughs> That's uh, not which, a great game. I thought it was. I thought no. it was pretty good. Sleepies. Uh, it's very good. I played a lot of Stardew Valley too, but yeah, in January things have been pretty tame for me. I, I'll tell you what I'm really looking forward to, and this is. Kind of sad, but also very utilitarian. Uh, the thing I'm most looking forward to right now is the Fire Emblem Heroes game. Oh, uh, we, we put yes. up a preview, and uh, it, it looks fucking great. Like it actually looks like Fire Emblem. There's a lot more depth than the reveal trailer uh, showed. But not only that, you can play it with one hand, which is awesome. Because like oh. I spend like four hours a day holding a baby in one arm, and with that other arm, I've mostly been playing chess on my phone. I've been trying to get in a chess. Ooh. So ch- a chess, a free chess app is what I've been playing most this month. Yeah. Do you have to like buy bishops and stuff? Yeah, you have to buy bishops. I, I actually played a little bit of. I got into it because I played a lot of really bad chess. The the oh yeah, great mobile game. game. Um, and I wanted to play just sort of the normal stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend one thing before we get into it. Hit it. Hatsune Miku. Mm-hmm. Project Diva. Mm-hmm. Flavor Tone. Is that really? What I it's don't called? remember the end of the name. Okay. But it's Neptunia. the latest one. Yeah, have you played any of these games? No. Just Pri- Project Diva X? No, it, it's like Flavor Town. One second. Future Town. Future Town. Thank you. Flavor Town. <laughs> it's it, so it it's like a, a greatest hits of all the Hatsune Miku games, which are rhythm games uh, with a, a, a the girl. teenage girl singer that you like make music for, and listen, it's a little awkward, and I was defending it. Steffi was, I won't say dogging on it, but I'll say dogging on it. Like, she 
really thought it was kind of uh, creepy that I was playing this colorful child's yeah. game uh, with the dancing. Uh, Didn't she see uh, your video all about Hatsune Miku? Yeah, well, she knows that I'm a fan. And when we were in Japan, she was like, oh, I get it. This is very neat. But sure. then in the game, so I was like, oh, what do I do with all these points that I've earned? Mm. So I opened the menu to like buy things oh, for no. my Miku. Um, and it turns out most of the things that you buy for your Miku are like dirty bikinis. Ooh. Uh, yeah. And then there are other characters who look like younger than Miku and you buy the same thing for them. And, yeah. It's not, it's not great at all. Um, and it's so weird because it does feel like feels like a family-friendly game. No. Nope. And then it's like, here, here's the school team one piece. Don't you want to buy that for Miku? And it's like, no. I just want to sing songs with Miku. Uh, <laughs> I want to rec- I just want to remedy. It's not that bad. Like, Final Fantasy XV is half of a great game. And then the wheels, <laughs> the wheels fall off so spectacularly in Final Fantasy. I literally... So, could, so interesting. It? Yeah, I finished it, it and I, I, I disagree with you. On the literally polar opposite, because I you, thought that's not I, fucking nonsense, Griffin. The first half of the game <laughs> is this cool melding of like <clears throat> we back uh, road trip, like fifties sort of diner aesthetics with like uh, JRPG mechanics and also some like Oblivion, you know, Skyrim sort of mechanics like weaved in there with, with some actually like really decent storytelling and fun ways of like building character and stuff like that. And then it's this, it's this great open world thing. And then at the, there, there's a switch flip to a certain point and suddenly it's on the rails and very badly paced and nothing makes sense and none of it's fun. And it's, it's so baffling to me. It looks like somebody got, I think I said this on Twitter, it got like 60% of the way through a standardized test and then realized they had 10 minutes left and then just started <laughs> writing like ABBA, 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 cab, 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 ABBA, just like to finish it. That works. Um, I thought, I thought the, the open world stuff was uh, cool. The world was great. The aesthetic was great. Everything, I mean, it was a, it's a fucking Final Fantasy game. The presentation is unparalleled. Nobody's, nobody's making stuff like this still and lots of people are trying and they're fucking failing spectacularly while final fantasy continues to get like better and better and better in that department the the fall asleep the storytelling is fucking doo-doo garbage from a trash can because they do half of it in movies and anime before you even play the game and it's like oh Oh, here comes here comes here comes regulus my you you know regulus you love him who the fuck (laughs) who is this so like that stinks and also the quest design like i swear to god if i have to like Go into the forest and look for these like two by two yeah. pixel it's like brown spots in this slightly less brown garbage. ground. I don't know how you guys have the patience to get through it. But but but, but 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 I felt like once it hit the linear part, it just focused on like the cool presentation and the fighting. And at that point, like the characters were established and they told a story like that you could follow because like you you didn't need this insane primer to follow it. Like I I enjoyed the back half of that game more than yeah. the first half. Can we, yeah. can we alley-oop to my game off this? Because yes. yeah. it builds off this pretty nicely. So my game for this month is Gravity Rush 2, which I think is one of the best games I've played in a very long time. But That's first, I'm going to talk about all of its problems because I know that people are going to get really hung up on them. Yes. The big one, number one, I loved the first one and its goofy, like nonsensical story. 
the game starts in the worst way imaginable. So if you didn't play Gravity Rush 1, the whole hook is you're in an open world, and you are this young woman named Cat, and you have the power to shift the direction of gravity around you so you can fall upwards and whatnot. Um, so uh, she saved the city. That was kind of the whole story of the first one. And the second one starts, and they're like, cool, uh, you, for no clear reason are on a mining ship in a different dimension and you also don't have that power really right now and you're going to break stones to mine them for about and you're an also hour walking at like three miles at a, per yeah hour. at a glacial place oh and it starts in first person for no explanation it's like a right weirdly now. western introduction to that game it's because trying i played to it too it's trying to it, where it kind of reminded me of like the beginning of like a gears of war game where it's a lot of like throat clearing and slow walking and people talking and you want to jump off a building yeah it's, and it's terrible. just like it but gets a lot fly, better after that but why because you change the direction of gravity uh, they don't, it's not even that it's like why are we mining we need yeah. more food for our poor orphans it's, anyway it's really bad it's really bad and it turns out <laughs> there is a like Direct to video anime that you have to watch. That Stop goes. it! The, Stop the it! The truth is, you yeah, don't have to terrible. watch it. If you can just ignore the first hour, it catches you up after that. But the first hour is bad. And, like, I hate being the person who is like, trust me, this video game made by a Japanese developer gets really great if you just skip this huge chunk. I mean, it is um, only an hour versus, like, yeah, nine versus like hours of, like, yeah. Final Fantasy games. Yeah. That so, you have to get through. Anyway, there's that. And then there's the other big issue, which is it is the missions themselves are pretty straightforward, like uh, go from A to B or like kill this many things. But I've had this epiphany this month, and it's from like playing all these really good Japanese uh, games. And it's that Western games hide the artificiality of video games like they spend a ton of money and time to make it so you don't think too much about like how really you're just like fulfilling these very, very rote quests mm. and it looks nice and you're like caught up in the, the action. So you just miss it. Well, Japanese games are like, whatever. It, it, we're not going to conceal it at all. There's gobs of menus. There's all these things, but we're going to put all those resources into just absolutely bizarre and wonderful art and like experimental gameplay ideas that might work and they might not, but we're still going to like put resources into it. Yeah. I buy that. Um, and, and, and that's yeah. why I like, I can look past this game because it's definitely not as polished as a Western game, but like the story is so wild and like so much more interesting than anything I played in the West in a long time. Um, and just the idea of like an open world game that is about using the actual architecture as your playground and as like your way of attacking characters versus all these giant open world games that spend so much money on the open world and you can't interact with the world in any imaginable way except for to shoot it um that's like super exciting so yeah i get why it's flawed but i feel like i've been like complaining about getting these certain type of games forever and ever and ever and then somebody actually went and made that game that i wanted and it's broken but like it exists I also really like um, her as a character. She kind yeah. of feels like a, she would be a side character in another game because she's like very goofy and lighthearted and like acts as comic relief for almost everyone else in the game. And 
ordinarily that's like your funny friend that you have, but obviously here she's the protagonist and it just ties everything together like very nicely in this like kind of warm, enjoyable light. Um, I don't disagree with any of the like complaints that you brought up because I do like a lot of the missions are rote and like kind of dull. But the other thing I wanted to call attention to was you mentioned the experimental gameplay stuff. The most fun that I've had in that game is this weird photography mode. Now, this is a Japanese (laughs) game. And when Japanese games sometimes have photography modes, they sometimes get super icky. This is not the case in this game. In this game... um, It flirts with it. It, it, I don't even. The, the first mission it's, is an elderly man who asks you to pay, take pictures of strange women on the street because it will prevent him from dying of loneliness. <laughs> I guess I wasn't reading through carefully. <laughs> but, but the after actual that, gameplay it, it gets better. Sure. Yeah, after the, the actual gameplay mechanic is like you can plop down a camera on a tripod and use that to basically like identify certain spots in the map that have hidden treasure in them, and you can then upload that photo that you take as a hint for other players on your friends list to see like, oh, there's a treasure there. Let me use this photo to figure out where that is. And that I find like super entertaining, engaging. Like I've done a bunch of those and those are super fun and like innovative to the point of like, you know, you wouldn't see that in a Western game. Like well, they you wouldn't couldn't bother. see it in a Ubisoft game because half of the buildings look identical. Yeah. Is the that, is that combat any better? Yeah. Uh, well. So. Yeah. So yes and no. So that was the, the big issue for me with the first one, and I I like the first one a lot. I'm gonna play this um, as soon as I'm I'm done with my current game. But um, that was I, I think the big the big stumbling block was it got very hard to follow the action. Yeah, the aerial combat is a is a little bit better, but the uh, force powers like you being on the ground and just picking up like a dozen boxes yeah. or human bodies and throwing them at your enemies is wonderful and hysterical. Yeah. I mean, it's essentially they... you spamming the throw button, but it is a very rewarding experience. Yeah, in the first game, you could basically like gravity kick your way to success. And in this game, I think that's true, but for the for the force throw, they like nerf the gravity kick and made force throw the like dominant power in the game it also is just like very old-fashioned like almost nes-ish in that you continue getting powers that aren't really useful except for to beat like the boss in front of you up until the end of the game uh but again like that's more they wanted to find a way to make it not be a cutscene. so it's like sure like we would like you to turn into this giant creature uh, so you have that power now, uh, and uh, ten seconds have passed. So I guess you could use it to beat this boss. Yeah, it just bums me out that it's not on Vita, um, because I think the the like very light kind of repetitive gameplay fits so well for Vita. I mean, granted, they probably couldn't pull off all the yeah, visuals on no Vita, way. but like it fits so well for that platform. And I loved playing it on Vita. And um, right, so just... if you're disappointed by games not being on Vita, you're in for <laughs> well, a tough yeah. No, my tough man, year. Switch Switch is going to take bro. over. Switch, Vita 2.0 That's... is the most yeah, accurate way to describe this. That's Switch all I care ever. about. Right, yeah. We're going to talk can about I, that I... at halftime. Let's talk about Switch yeah, at halftime. Sure. Can, I, can I spoil one thing from Gravity Rush? Are people okay with Gravity Rush spoilers? I think so. Okay, uh, so, yeah, I guess fa- fast forward a couple minutes if you don't want okay. to This will be really quick, but this is just one of the things that I absolutely loved about this game. So the first uh, third of it or whatever takes place on these like floating islands uh, of an open world, and you're like running around, yada, 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 and you're hearing all these rumors about like the uh, this 
poor the poor factory workers of the area, but you never really see them. And there comes a mission where you get your beacon to uh, go to wherever you need to go next, and it says like 800 meters beneath where you are. Oh, so yeah. you stand on the edge of the city and just fall off and free fall for a minute and a half, falling through the clouds. And then as the clouds break, you realize there's an entire another open world underneath where you've been. And I and guess it, you could have gone there before, but yeah. it just never occurs to you that there would be anything down there because it's like a ton of cloud and like emptiness. And they do a few other moments similar to that. But the game yeah. ends up being drastically bigger, drastically, drastically bigger than yeah. uh, it is when the game starts. Mm-hmm. That's all. Uh, um I, I could jump to my game next because it's also yeah, like yeah. another like Japanese development studio just kind of like <laughs> crushing it. <laughs> what? No, it's just funny. It, they are both from Japan, but they could not be more different. Yeah, but well, I mean, it's shocking because there weren't a ton of great games from Japanese developers for a long time. I mean, at this scale. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't want to. Everybody I thought wanna... Final Fantasy 15 was going to be one, and then it, it wasn't. It was, so yeah. Was, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to generalize and say like Japanese games got bad for a long time or whatever. But I can't think like they're so tightly. <laughs> they, 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 it's been two months of like really fucking solid stuff, and yeah. that uh, culminated, I think, in my game of the month. And to be honest, like definitely a top five goatee contender for me which was resident what evil, it's resident january evil yeah resident- i know uh <laughs> resident evil 7 is the best resident evil game since four i don't think it quite gets over four um because i think four uh particularly the wii version come at me is a fucking mm. masterpiece yeah wii version's very good um seven is uh capcom's uh, like confession that they fucked this franchise up so bad yeah. Yeah, I mean, we should we should just before you go into it, we should address like your statement that it's the best one since four is not no 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 no, no. a it's high be- bar. It's the best one other than four. It's better than one, two, three, all all all. Oh oh oh, Code yeah, Veronica. Yeah, dude, much. Wow. It's 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 extremely good. Okay. Um, five, I played all of for some reason, even though Ugh. it was bad. Uh, six, I like I saw Keep trailers for that, fire. and I was like, <laughs> nice try. So no thanks. Um. And in seven, they have abandoned this like we're a paramilitary counterterrorism unit where there's there's zombie attacks happening all over the globe. And we got like government conspiracy cyber Wesker like fuck off with that boss fights in a volcano like y'all lost your minds at some point. Uh, And that point was at the end of four um even though four was outlandish as well like four was outlandish not... right four got more four gets more and more and more outlandish as it goes but it, it's a fun sort of like yeah sure outlandish it's it starts off like very scary traditional resident evil and, and by grounded, the end of it yeah. you are like doing a jet ski rocket fight or something crazy like <laughs> yes it's, but it's fun, but it's fun but then five and six are all jet ski rocket fights and they yeah. suffer <laughs> for it so for seven seven i i i I had I, I told uh, I was talking to Nick about this in, in Cool Games Inc. and I said that I can't I couldn't believe that Resident Evil Seven was a Resident Evil game that they like called it Resident Evil because it was such not only a departure from the bad games that recently came out but the whole franchise like I couldn't believe that this was called Resident Evil Seven until I got to the first door that you have to unlock with statues of dog heads <laughs> <laughs> and it was like oh yeah this, here it is um, so Resident get Evil rid 7. of that. So what's it Think, like? Things that are unique about Resident Evil 7. Who's played it, by the way? I played the demo, so I know the gameplay, but it's too scary okay. for me. Um, I played a bit. 
it is a it's it's a Resident Evil game, but it is first person. Uh, it takes place uh, mostly in this sort of decrepit uh, manor uh, and sort of attached outer buildings uh, in a Louisiana uh, like swampland area. And that's um, the the level that's in the demo, correct? That is, I think the, the there's several houses like in, okay. in the game that are part of this like little uh, compound. And I think Property, the demo yeah. the demo yes definitely takes place in in that that area is in the game for sure. Um, and the demo is a really fucking great sales pitch for this game. If you are on the fence, play the demo because it's stellar. Um, what what they've done here is they have stripped away literally all of this big blockbuster action bullshit that has seriously ruined the franchise. Five and six were bad games. Yeah. Um, uh, so to the to the point where you play a character named Ethan who's just like a dude he is not this huge burly uh, super marine uh in, enhanced with you know uh w- what is it raccoon cells <laughs> giving him special regenerative <laughs> like no you're just this dude and you you get a, a message from your wife mia uh that she is in this manner uh after she's been missing for several years and that way i guess it's kind of a, a throwback to resident evil one which ma- mainly takes place in a big house mm. um and so you go to this place you don't have any weapons when you walk in the door and you go a pretty long time without weapons there are a few like kind of tense chapters where things are exceedingly dangerous and you have no way to deal with it except to just kind of run away um there's a lot of really great scenes where like somebody's chasing you with like a one-hit kill weapon and the only thing you can do is try to keep them on the opposite end of a dining room table (laughs) that you try to like circle around to try to get to the door it's like a benny hill sketch yeah but a fucking terrifying one it it is the presentation of the game is really stellar i have a uh, i picked up a ps4 pro last year and it's one of the first games i've played on it uh which is more of a damnation of my purchase of the ps4 pro that like really takes advantage of the hdr shit um, cause it is like the jump scares, like all, all payoff, man. Well, um, and the HDR, correct me if I'm wrong, that comes out into the contrast. So, because you right. have a very dark game and then like right. maybe a flashlight or something. And it's, it's the perfect game for that. Right. So things will be very, very dark. And then all of a sudden there's a very bright, scary face right in front of you. Like it, <laughs> it plans out. So, um, it, it never get like, um, it has a really nice power curve, um, and a lot of that is supported by one of the better um, like resource management balances that they've they've had in one of these games. Like you really have to be um, very diligent with each bullet and with each like item combination, and you really need to like find as much as you can. Are um, herbs in the game? There are herbs. Yep. Um, like, can you mix like red and yellow? Well, there's herbs, and then there are these things called Kim packs. C H E M. Uh, and those come in a few different colors, and you have to mix those with different items to I get. I wish they'd been KIM packs. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. These, these are my excellent these packs. Are my packs. I think what's interesting, Griffin, about what you're what you're saying is the the and, and it's something that like <clears throat> a lot of people lump uh, Resident Evil in with survival horror because it kind of invented the genre. But if you right. really look at the games, like it's not a scary series. I mean, it's really not. Right. There's a couple. The first of jump- one is scary. The, it, the first like, one I thought was the dogs jumping through the window, right? Like, yeah. so there's that. Yeah. And then and the, the second nothing. one, it, it's just not, it's never, it sounds like what you're talking about. sounds like it's taking a page from silent Hill, which to me has always been scarier because sure. you're just a person in a world. Like for me, 
if I'm a member of like a paramilitary force and I'm armed to the teeth, I can only ever be so scared. Right. Like, if, if, you're, if you're playing a survival horror game and you can find a rocket launcher in it, that's <laughs> it's just like by that point, the game stops being scary. So to that point, you, you mentioned Silent Hill. I think the more apt comparison, definitely there's, there's uh, tones of PT here. Um, yeah. Although, like, we don't know what Silent Hills was going to be. So I, I would be uh, less um, quick to, like, make that comparison than I would to, like, an Outlast uh, yeah. or this sort of indie PC game horror movement. Um, but uh, where you are, you know, in Outlast, you're completely powerless. All you can do, uh, games like that and Amnesia, like, you're just running away. Uh, and that's, that is the only thing you can do. Uh, I think it, I think it hits some of those notes really fucking well. Like there, there are, are times in this game where you feel completely powerless and, uh, terrified of this, like, like really fucking terrifying thing that's chasing you. But it also, it does have some really nice loops in terms of, um, there's some, there's lots of, uh, puzzles that you have to solve and lots of environmental puzzles. And there's a lot of going back through areas that you've already conquered because there's lots of shortcuts and gear gating and stuff like that. Uh, and then there's these like puzzles that kind of go throughout the length of the entire game. And if you chase those threads, you end up with like the double barrel shotgun. Um, yeah. and, and, but it's, you're never too powerful, even though you get a flamethrower at a certain point in the game. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of shitty. It's like, it's not a actually, grounded flamethrower. It's not a very good weapon. And also you go through, uh, fuel for it, like really, really fast. So you're never, you're never, you're never super, super powerful. The game is so, brilliant and in, in how it rewards you with new stuff and how it still makes you feel like a, a, around any corner could be a thing that's going to murder you. Yeah. So one of the issues that I think the franchise ran into is not, I can't even blame them for it because it's kind of a natural like evolution of how these things go is like, okay. So Griffin, apart from like maybe changing the setting, like how do you make a sequel for this game? That's not more action heavy, more, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't know what the, what what point you're trying to make here. Cause I'm trying to make, the I, argument that like you can only play this card once in a oh, while. No, I dis I disagree. You I don't think, think so? I think with this game they have established a new way of doing these games. Uh, I finished the game in about eight hours, and um, which is not like uh, a, a super short experience by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, I wanted fucking so much more of it uh, when it was done because it, I I I. I, I loved it, man. And yeah, I think a new setting would be good, but I, I don't necessarily agree that there has to be like a certain escalation. I, I've, been, I've been going a long time and I would like to talk about just one more thing about the game that I think is um, like uh, so indicative of how, how much they've course corrected and how like brilliant a game they've made. Uh, and that is the first boss fight of the game because, hey, check this out. The boss fights are fucking good in this game because they are all, like, for the most part, pretty scary hide-and-seeks. Hide and Phil didn't like the boss fights, if uh, I recall. Phil's out of his mind. Uh, <laughs> the, the boss fights are good. Uh, the, there's there's a couple at the end that are very Resident Evil, like, shoot the big, big monster with the unlikely weapon stuff. Yeah. Um, but, but there's some really, really good boss fights in the game. And the first one that you do... Uh, is against this guy that kind of torments you throughout the first hour or so of the game and you don't really have any recourse for it. And it takes place in this garage. And this is this is seriously in the first hour of the game. And if you want to fast forward, I, I totally get it. Um, uh, but it's in this garage and you don't have a weapon when you walk in, but that somebody gets killed and then you do get a, a gun from them with like nine bullets in it. And then you're fighting this uh, invincible dude. The, the, the game's main antagonist is this family of uh, uh, like 
uh, hillbillies, I guess, kind of. Oh, offensive. Um, well, I know, but they're they're also um, invincible, unkillable mutant uh, hillbillies. Not in like okay, a so they, not in like they a have hills, something going for them, right? Not in like a hills have eyes kind of way, but there's definitely like a Sam Raimi like schlocky humor to it that mm-hmm. really fucking works. So anyway, you're finding it's this in- invincible uh, mutant dad and you're in this garage and in this garage, the f- what's so fucking cool about this fight is there's like a bunch of different ways that it can play out uh, because there's some items laying around the garage. For instance, you uh, can run and pick up this gun that gets dropped and you can just try and shoot your way through the fight and you might be able to pull that off. Uh, you also have a knife that you can use and that seems like a pretty long-winded way of doing the fight the other thing you can do is you can find car keys that let you get in the car um (laughs) and drive it into him and crush him with the car that way sure Uh, and this is what i did and uh, at at a certain point you think you've killed him but then he stands up and tears the roof off the car and then drives around Uh, he like takes (laughs) hold of the wheel and presses the pedal down with both of you in the car and tries to kill you by crashing it into stuff in the garage wait you're in the passenger yes no you're in the driver's seat he's on top of the fucking car like (laughs) and it's so fucking kind of funny and scary and cool yeah Uh, but he can also, uh, uh, if you're too slow, he can tear you out of the car, and all of a sudden he's in the car driving it around, and he can drive into you and hit you with the car, and damn it, and you have to shoot him out of. And this is, it's all this, it's all really dynamic, and it's not like quick time event Resident Evil bullshit. It, it is all from this first person perspective, and you still have this same feeling of like I'm gonna fucking die. But it's taking place in this like dynamic fight that you probably didn't experience the same way as somebody else. It is fucking genius and it's like it's like kind of quantum breaky or not quantum break uh quantum quantic dream esque those games uh like, no 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 because it's not it's not uh it's not scripted you're not like pressing r2 to go like you are still having to aim and shoot it feels like any other part of the game it is just unfolding around you in this really like unpredictable way and mm-hmm. like from that point i was like all right resident evil like i am buying whatever you're selling yeah this fucking rules too um, scary and it's it's a pretty scary game. I can't also, play those games. It's all, too scary. It's astonishing. I don't have this, but it's astonishing to me to me that this is all playable in PlayStation VR. Um, I will I will pick up a PSVR someday and I will replay this game. Uh, I've heard it is by far the pukiest of the VR games. I don't like, doubt it, but almost I, impossible to play. I still want it. This episode of the Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so. You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. 
for a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to take a quick break now. F- to talk about the, I, I'm sure Russ has some dumb thing, but I'm not gonna let him because <laughs> I want to talk, and I haven't been able to talk to anybody about this because I want to talk about the Nintendo Switch. Russ, you got hands on. Am I the, the only one here that the played Nintendo it? Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it was and at uh, got, it was at PAX South last weekend, and I wanted to go check it out, but I didn't have time. I just got here from you, Russ. Is it gonna be whack or dope? <laughs> Those are my two options. One word: whack or dope. I'll go dope. Okay. Yeah? It's dope. Wait, are you talking um, about just the hardware or the odds of it actually? I'm talking about ARMS exclusively. The rest of the thing is whack, but it's <laughs> ARMS is dope. <laughs> no. Um, so as Griffin and I alluded to earlier, I think we're both fans of the Vita as a platform. Yeah, I'm mostly of, because I'm a fan of remote play, which literally saved my life. Not literally. It saved my life in <laughs> December when we had the baby and like um, there was a lot of just kind of like watching over him in the living room while he napped and we watched tv and i played final fantasy that way and stardew valley that way and i actually played some resident evil 7 that way the mapping is really smart they yeah. switch it's the only game on remote play i played rest you're the only person that's going to find this interesting <laughs> they switched the crouch and sprint uh touch inputs because uh, a sprint is on the left stick right in every game yeah you oh click but down you can't move stick, and sprint but you can't move and sprint on the vita yeah. so they just switch the sticks it's the most genius like lightweight fix for that anyway sorry that's some nerd ass shit yes i i i play games (laughs) but i do appreciate it uh yeah so the vita is awesome and it's dead as we've established no games are really coming out for it these days although you can still play on remote play and and i do that as well um and we have the we've had the 3ds which is obviously like for when games come out it's great but obviously there's very few games on it and it's a very underpowered system the games run at fucking 320p or some shit like it is not a blockbuster of a system. And so I'm a big fan of um, playing games portably. You know, TV's on in the background. I'm chilling on the couch or I'm on the subway or something like that. And in that venue, the idea that Nintendo is making 
a new console which a can be played portable which it can it's not like enormously huge to the point where you can't play games portably but also the fact that like i think over time they're going to continue to abandon the 3ds so essentially almost all of their development prowess which is not going into mobile but everything else probably like 90 percent of their development prowess is going into one single console system which has not really happened promising. yeah it, ever i mean you, uh, since the launch of the original game boy they've been splitting their development resources across multiple platforms and now we have this kind of unification but they've now, said the opposite technically right yeah right they've acted they like they're gonna keep all sorts yeah it's horseshit like yeah. they, they'll they'll continue to support it i think for the next year there's a new fire emblem game coming out this year um but i think by march of 2018 the 3ds will pretty much be da- dead uh, yeah, assuming that saying that is so people in Japan yeah. and I guess in, in America continue to buy 3DSs. There yeah, be, they don't want to. There will be totally. six first party 3DS games that come out this year and they will all be my favorite games ever. Totally. So that, so the portability aspect is a huge thing. The fact that you have those, all this development support is a huge thing. And um, I, I think it's extremely innovative and not in the ways that I thought it was going to be. Like, I think a lot of attention gets placed on hey, it's, you know, a console that you plug into your TV and then you take it with you, like, and that's the hook. But the element, the multiplayer element of, like, the fact that wherever you go with it, you have two controllers with you, I think is going to be a huge, huge game changer to the point where events like PAX East or South or whatever will be absolutely teeming with these where you have crowds of people grouped together playing multiplayer games and that's something that like has never made it to the u.s where it's always been very popular in japan and i think by the fact that you've got multiple controllers you've got these systems it's got a freaking kickstand um you're just gonna see like a lot more people doing this now granted their big like launch premiere game at at that event was one two switch which was pretty close to steaming garbage. Um, I don't know what they're thinking because the I played it and it was pretty awful. You know what that shit um, looks like? You know what that shit reminds me of? Yeah. Fucking Welcome Park on the PlayStation Vita. Yeah. Like, how, how for fifty dollars? <laughs> it's it's wild to me that that is not a Nintendo Land ass included it's, game. Like I it's can't. Super I, I, I imagine you could have like a, a fun night or two with it, but. I don't even know that. I don't want to like, pay 50 bucks to milk some invisible cows. I can do that, right? Hey, look, I'm doing it. Hey, guys, guess what I'm doing right now? Milk an invisible cow, and I'm really good at it. I'm producing they, lots of invisible you, milk. You know what hear, they should have done? I want to hear and, from uh, Christopher Plant about this, because I, I I can see how definitely if you have a commute of any length, uh, the appeal is is pretty apparent. Um, for me, I don't drive a, a lot. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I'm not never on public transportation, I should say. So, like, the opportunities where I'm going to be out and about and able to play uh, the Switch portably are going to be few and far between. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned that it'll basically not, like, a lot of the appeal will be lost. Chris, are you in that same mindset, or do you see a future for it in your in your life? I mean, I, I kind of second everything here of if indie game developers care... And if they make the switch, like the switch, from mm. Vita to uh, this hardware, yeah, I'll care. I don't think like obviously that wasn't enough to save the Vita, so I don't see that being like some big thing for other people. But I think, for, that's, like, a, I th- I think that's a pretty whack comparison. Like I, don't, yeah, I, mean, I think it's I, gonna I, have a completely different dev environment. I don't think it should be too bad because the Wii U had like some of the best Nintendo games, and that wasn't even close to enough to get people interested. Yeah, so, but like, consider 
consider like the uh, the Vita died primarily a lot for a lot of reasons, but a big one was that Sony was dividing their time and energy between the PS4 and the Vita, and eventually they just gave up. and And indies filled in a lot of the blanks, but for the, for the most part, they just gave up, and third party gave up, etc. And here, obviously, Nintendo's not going to give up because it's their primary console now. Yeah, I mean, they won't and, give up unless nobody buys it, which is a well, but, very real possibility okay. if there are no games from Nintendo. Sure, but I think you have those. certainly two to three years of Nintendo games pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, but like I said, that's not enough. Like, that, that just doesn't work at all for Nintendo. When it doesn't have third-party developers and it doesn't have, like, a main, like main mainstream gimmick... Like, something that's going to make people who watch the Today Show be like, well, I've never bought a video game console, but I, I, I'll i try this. Yeah. Then it's it, not, it doesn't have It's not going to be the Wii. They'll never... They'll, it's not going to be the Wii. That's, Wii that's, ever that's what I'm saying. Is that's a, that's the a, Wii was an aberration. That's a for real problem for them because the problem... Like, the thing that they have to decide right now is, okay, we're the second console. If, like, if they truly don't get third-party support they, and they only have, like, a new game every five or six months... Uh, let's say three and be like super generous then that is a second console for people which is big money and unlike uh even the wii u which only had to be competing as a second console against like hey you already own an xbox uh maybe instead of a playstation 4 you'll get a wii u now they have to compete with the fact that microsoft and sony are going to be releasing new hardware what every other year maybe every year (laughs) <laughs> so, like, the the competition for, like, being a new console for people to buy, it for us, it's no big deal. We're, we're grown-ups, and, like, and we work in this industry. That's a huge, huge cost to ask people to make. And it's not like the Nintendo DS, which N- Nintendo's mobile hardware numbers are always like, holy cow, those are huge. Yeah. But we forget, like, yeah, it also drops to $100 after a couple of years. Um, and, I mean, this will... This will eventually drop to one ninety nine in a couple of years, like yeah, three but years like one ninety nine is still more than the entry price of a normal mobile yeah. piece. Like, yeah. I'm just saying there are some like serious, serious roadblocks ahead. For sure, I mean I'm not talking about the financial viability sure. of whether tr- this is the future of Nintendo or not. Like, in terms of I me liking it, I think it's good. Yeah. I just, I, I, I just think there has to be games right like i I think yeah and and, but i think russ also addressed that in that if they really do consolidate and also like if they learned any one lesson from the wii u it's that uh they they have to develop at least twice as many games for this thing as they did and now that they they while we were recording this they announced that pokemon sun and moon sold 15 million copies uh, and that Super Mario Run made like fifty six million dollars. Like, yeah, they have they. I, I think they they have some stability through these other channels, and I'm hoping against hope that they fucking invest in in the Switch because yeah. I, I don't. I, I I think a lot of the comparisons you're making is to the success that they had with the Wii, and I don't think they'll ever. No, I don't not think at all. I don't think I don't think they'll ever be in the first console race. Again, they were with the Wii just because it was such an aberration. I, I, I don't think that's a race that they're like trying to even uh, uh, get in. Um, yeah, this I is just, a totally I just, new thing. I just hope, like, I would be fucking happy, like, through. If we're viewing this through a lens of like the Wii U was a, a failure, and it was a failure. If they'd released twice as many games for the Wii U, I don't think it would have been a failure conceptually like i would i would think back on that system with higher regard because they had some fucking great games and ultimately i think it was a really good idea for a system they just didn't mm. invest in it 
enough. I um, here yeah. here's here's the thing that I will say about uh <laughs> about whether or not all this will will work. And and this is like getting like really weedsy, but I feel like one of the biggest problems for the Wii U was uh they wanted to beat people to market. They rushed to get it out and they didn't have games up top. And a lot of great games. I think like a ton of great games came out for the Wii U. But by the time they did, it was too late, and nobody wanted to like buy a Wii. U. I wouldn't say a ton. I would say a ratio lot. wise, it's the most lacking. More, more good exclusives came to the Wii U than any other console. It just didn't have third party games. That's pretty okay. fair. Like name I don't know if that... more than five great exclusives on any console. Okay. Okay. Um, so, but anyway, uh, I, wait. I, 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 I like totally wrap it. I know it's wheezy. But my thing with the Switch and what it feels like looking at the announcements is they're making the exact same mistake again, and they needed to get this hardware out there really fast, and we're not going to see, like, games actually develop for this thing for a long-ass time. So what we're going to have in the interim is, like, tech demo thing with ARMS, a game that was supposed to come out on the Wii U with Zelda, and then, like... Oh, Maybe oh, by the you end can't of the year, leverage Mario? Zelda as a negative against this thing. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's super good, now. but it's it's the, it's still them doing the same thing of like, it's a lot of stop gapping, and I think my the long term health of it, I think, is going to be decided on whether or not they can get those games out fast enough. Yeah, I mean, I we won't know. Again, I think as with any console, it takes a year. Like the first year is. That's lacking true. very true and that was the case with the ps4 the uh, xbox one xbox 360 etc is brutal like oh dude rezogun i've been playing rezogun for like three months <laughs> that is a dope ass <laughs> game but that's rezogun's the perfect example is and i completely agree people have mocked me mercilessly on on um twitter about this but i think even though indies do not sell consoles they do give worth to people if they buy a console they have a reason to turn it on every other week because there's a new indie coming out versus buying a console, having it sit on a shelf for six months. And then when someone asks them, should I buy this console? You say no, because there's no good games on it. That's a big conceptual difference. So I love, it's cool to see indies at launch, like Binding of Isaac and the World of Goo pack. Like it's cool. Snipperclips. And Snipperclips. Snipperclips. Is that an indie? I thought that was internally developed. Who knows? Anyway, people seem to love it. That was the one game I didn't play. Snipper, you didn't play Snipperclips? No, I played everything else. Snipperclips is going to be fucking great. Snipperclips is going to be my Rezogun. Indies. Even old indies, I don't, like, put Spelunky on there, dog. Like, the... (laughs) Like how much would you portable, pay for mo- portable Splunky where the ice level actually works? The ice level always works. You just need to be good at the game. Okay. Anyway, I uh, whatever. If you haven't pre-ordered one now, you're not going to get one at launch. Too hey, bad. Hey, did all four of us pre-order one? I did. Yes. Yeah. yeah of course. Okay. So. Yeah. Okay. Listen. I, I pre-ordered. I, mean, I pre-ordered two. Oops. <laughs> okay. I Oops. All on. berries. Let me move on to my game. Continuing our streak. Of Japanese games. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. Mine is Yakuza 0. Fuck um, yeah. I'm going to be upfront and say first a few caveats. One, I have not played the entirety of a Yakuza game before. I've dipped my toe in. Uh, what'd you play? I, what'd, you put, what'd you dip into? Four. All um, right. Sounds, sounds like the one that I did. Uh, <clears throat> but the, but uh, I've been playing Yakuza 0. I have not finished Yakuza 0 because... Uh, I have been so caught up in these charming little sub stories uh, littered throughout the game. Um, to, to set up, it, this is an open world. You're in a, a, a neighborhood 
uh, Japanese neighborhood where the Yakuza uh, reigns supreme. It's like uh, 1986. 80, it's like early 80, mid 80s. Somewhere so they there. already reign supreme. It's not like an origin story. Yeah, right. The Yakuza are already uh, just Yakuzaing everywhere. Sure. And um, there is a very uh, the, here's the 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 pluses I can say about the game overall. Uh, first off, it is a very salient core narrative that is very easy to understand and like the propelling force of the core narrative is like very understandable and very like easy to get invested in which a is puppy gets issue. killed is that um no you've on been, that level uh basically you've been in in the opening hours of the game you are wronged by yakuza higher-ups who are trying to clamber their way to the top of the organization and you cast off your Yakuza mantle and decide to wage war on them and mm. prove you're innocent of a uh, murder that you've been framed for, um, which is very is very cool. But the, the stuff that I've been spending most of the time with in the game has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Um, as you're cruising around town, you just run into these uh, basically little vignettes that are happening uh, and sort of interject yourself. And the, the vignettes are all like without fail utterly bizarre i mean in the most endearing sort of interesting way possible to give you an example uh just in the few that i've played in the in in sort of after the first they open up gradually so at the point i'm at in the game i've opened up a few uh i taught a a very nice dominatrix how to uh better dominate her clients I helped shut down a ring of girls selling their panties. Is this all done through like text boxes or are they like, are you doing things? It's sort of that thing of, I mean, the the game itself has no English dialogue. Um, It's all subtitled, but like the, the actual exchanges are sort of that thing of like a phrase is actually spoken, but there's a lot more in the text. Um, that, I think, that, I think freshman's gag. like, are you fit? Like, is this mini games or is it like you right. beat up some people and then it's like, by or are you just standing people? there watching a cutscene? No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of it's dialogue choices. A lot of it's like, especially with the dominatrix one to use as an example, it's like choosing the right thing to help her be more dominatrixy. Um, and, and you're literally like at one point hiding in a closet, feeding her like lines to, to be, Oh, that's funny. is hysterical. Um, but a lot of times it does devolve into fighting because it's, it's a game about fighting people with your fist. So like a lot of times people will get very steamed and it's always hilarious because the people picking fights are always these poor schlubs. And you beat the, 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 the fighting in the game is like sick and like hyper stylish. Um, Very cool. Yeah. If you, if you don't want to play the game, at least look up like uh, a, a compilation of the heat moves uh, that you can do in the game, including one where you throw a man into uh, throw an apple into a man's mouth and he falls down because of the force of the apple throw, and then you <laughs> stomp it and it turns it into juice in his face. It turns um, it into apple, tasty, tasty, refreshing apple juice. Yeah. In one, just another example of one of these like really re- weird side stories. I uh, I was recruited to be the producer of a uh, restaurant commercial because I had an imposing presence, and that's all a producer needs to do is keep people in line. Uh, <laughs> and there was a very sort of like uh, scatterbrained director who was very schlocky, uh, and I had to keep him in line. And the challenge of this particular like sub story in the dialogue part is people would throw um, TV production slang at me, and I had to know. What I had to guess what they meant 
that like so I could keep up the ruse that I was an actual producer because <laughs> I was filling in for somebody else. Um, and then the 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 producer, the real producer, shows up, and of course, him and his buddies are very upset and want to fist fight me, and I beat, <laughs> beat the stuffings out of them. And then the direct, and then like, and this is the moment that really sells it. And like a lot of the sub stories have this, where after the director sees it, he like lets on that he knew the whole time and admits that it's because their business is about building dreams and uh, creating fantasies that people want to live in and enriching people that way. It has like a very long sort of sweet yeah. uh, vignette about like the power of film. And then you run into him again when he's shooting a Michael Jackson uh, video with Steven Spielberg and you have to fight the zombies. <laughs> You have to fight the zombies. That's in it. The I was waiting. Video. I was like, it's going over the top at some point because it always does. My favorite thing, and I haven't reached this point in the game, but I saw a video of it. Is apparently uh, uh, it was, there, there's lots of mini games, right? Like Justin said, there's a uh, batting one. Juice, is there taxi driving? Because that is my all time favorite Yakuza thing. <coughs> there and, are taxis. I don't know if you can drive them. In Yakuza not. Five, there's a whole thing where you can earn money by driving a cab, but you have to follow all of the rules of the road. Uh, like you have to stop at traffic lights and use your blinker or else you lose points and get paid less. And also it's in Japan. So you're driving on the left side of the road. So you're going to fuck up a lot. Uh, <laughs> but in Yakuza five in Yakuza zero, you can go bowling. And one of the scenes is if you get a Turkey while you're bowling, the bowling alley manager calls you over and says, you got a Turkey. You've won our special prize, an actual Turkey. Sure. And then she bends down and puts a chicken up on the table and there's this whole debate, like, that's not a turkey, this is a chicken. And she says, oh, yeah, I guess it is. Anyway, do you want us to kill it and cook it for you right now? And he's like, what are you talking about? Uh, and you have this whole conversation, and eventually the protagonist of the game, uh, Kiryu, I think, is his name? Yeah. He's, he says, I'll just, take, I'll just take the live chicken. You befriend the chicken, and mm. then I guess there's, uh, there's another thing I haven't gotten to. There's like a real estate management sort of metagame happening in the background. Uh, you hire the chicken as a real estate manager. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so it's full of stuff like this. The thriller thing is the best. Like, uh, it's, it's, so, it's so self-aware, right? This is not, I get really uncomfortable when people like uh, commenting on like Japanese culture, like, oh, isn't that so fucking weird? This is, it's so, like, it knows what it is. Like, clearly yeah. it knows what it is. And it is so like, it makes it more more fun to like laugh along with it um it's sur it's absolutely surreal the entire thing is like is baffling and so fun and funny um and the and fighting is been, the fighting's really good the fighting's really good you use there's like the i the environment is littered with uh different you have like different fighting styles you can switch between on the fly there's like a fast one um there's one called beast where you just are like brutal and picking up uh, pressing the square button near any item instead of like usually it makes you like pick it up um, but pressing the square button when you're in beast mode just like f picks it up and swings it around in a like a video store sign that you're smashing on somebody's head or picking up somebody's bicycle and just smashing it on their head. Um, and that that stuff is great. And the story stuff is like is really fun and funny and and it it wavers wildly yeah. between this like deathly serious yakuza thing and like these like fucking helping a guy, a grown man who's obsessed with a slot car racing, <laughs> who's being made fun of by the other kids in slot car racing because he's right. a virgin. Like that kind of stuff is like littered with that. And it's hysterical. I, and I'm really my, enjoying it. I, I, I haven't played that much of it because I got kind of sidetracked with Resident Evil. But my only complaint with the game is that and it's my same complaint I've had with all the Yakuza games I've tried playing. Um, I never get too much into them because they're really long winded at 
times, and they Justin mentioned the deathly serious stuff. Like it's it's good. It's a it's a fine crime story. It just is like it takes a really long time to get through. Yeah. Um, and even though this is the um, prequel, I guess this is the this is f- sequentially the first game in the Yakuza series. I still felt like I didn't know enough about the world from the other games, despite the fact that this should be the first one in series. And I kind of oh, do they it. reference like characters from other games? I I kind of had this. They might not have. I might. It may have just been all internal. It may have been left over from Yakuza Five, which I did bail from because that game has like four playable characters with storylines that are developed over the course of the whole series and like i'm 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 sorry i'm not going to go back and play like a ps2 era brawler that came out in japan only to sort of like learn how to (laughs) the 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 series is just a little bit um uh what's what's the word i'm looking for it's not it's not as inviting to newcomers as i as i wish it was and it also like at certain times like it just kind of moves at a snail's at a snail's pace um but i i enjoy it and i dig like i dig like Tokyo tourism stuff in games like Japanese Japan just walking around like a Japanese city and like yeah. seeing the sights and having freedom to persona. do whatever dumb mini games I want to do. Yeah, I mean yeah, Persona 5, Basically hello. Persona. I want you. <laughs> really excited my game next month by the way, definitely going to be Persona 5 really No, you can't for- jump the gu- it could be racist. You don't know. I was just kidding. They've pushed that game back a million times. Okay. <laughs> it's never coming out. <laughs> uh well, I I've got, I think you're last. Yeah, I've got my game. Last game coming out. Uh, so my game is a game called Astroneer. Um, this is a game that came out in late December uh, hey. as an early. Yeah, but like I didn't play it all this month, so whatever. Um, you could have came out on, you, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it it came out on Steam early access and Xbox One early access. I'm pretty sure it's on. If yeah. not coming, okay. So I, I put it on Steam, and. I had just seen sort of screenshots of it and, and kind of got the vibe like, oh, it's like a No Man's Sky kind of like planet, you know, space exploration game. But the more I started playing it, I just found it like super way more engaging than uh, No Man's Sky was. And I just kind of want to like wrap my head around why that is. So so the premise is is very straightforward. There's not no throat clearing or anything. You launch um, from a space station, you land on a planet in like a a lone capsule and while you're on the planet you have to go around and collect resources to build out your capsule and sort of advance and explore deeper into this planet um there's a few mechanics at work the big one is oxygen so you run out of oxygen if you leave your spaceship for too long but you can also drop down these tethers so you can make these kind of like paths into the wilds of this planet uh, where you can basically like maintain an oxygen line so long as you're still connected. So you'll build these like giant, huge, mile-long chains of tethers um, to help you explore better. And as you explore, you're collecting these resources. And the resources, um, something that I really like about it that No Man's Sky didn't do was that the resources are physical objects. Um, so you'll see like um, like a, a group of plants. And you'll gather the plants using this device that I'll talk about in a second. Um, And as you're collecting them, they kind of like fuse into this physical block of organic material that plugs into the back of your backpack. But it's an actual like physics object. So you can actually like unplug it from your backpack, like wave it around. You can leave it on the ground. You could like throw it. Um, 
and it kind of makes the idea of like collecting things a little more meaningful because it's not just like you open your inventory and there's like 99 blue gems and it's like this very amorphous kind of like lacking idea here everything you're interacting with has this like weight and heft to it which i really liked um so the bit your main tool in this exploration thing is uh it's like an excavator i don't know what they call it but essentially all it does is it lets you either dig in or build up land uh the all the land is like fully um uh you know you can customize it or, or dig right into it to the point where you can make like giant holes deep into the earth and dig into caves and stuff like that but the the art style is like this low poly um, yeah, really art good. style. It's gorgeous. And so, but it works really well for that because you end up, you know, in a lot of these games where you're like customizing the land and like digging into the land, it ends up with like a lot of sharp, jaggy grossness that makes it kind of look unrealistic. But for whatever reason, this like low poly art style works perfectly for that where it's like, it just, as you're sculpting the land, it just feels much more natural to like see these like weird like polygons like flattening or building up and stuff like that um so you've got like a lot of freedom in terms of customizing like the world around you and as you progress through the game you're collecting more resources you're finding objects um to research uh which in turn unlock new buildings for your base and the buildings let you do stuff like build a um like a moon buggy or uh, like a crane for your moon buggy. Buggy. There's this amazing moment where I was like just cruising around on the on the buggy, which takes probably like three or four hours to eventually build up to. And I found this um, just the top of like a crashed massive solar. Um, what is that? Like a solar? What collects solar rays? Solar in the panel. Front of- Solar panel, thank you. So it was like a it was like a satellite solar panel thing, but it was enormous. It was it looked like Skylab. And all that was there was sort of like the top half of it. And I spent like fifteen minutes slowly digging it out. And like ninety percent of it was under the ground, this massive, like crashed out of space solar panel. And I finally dug dug it out and it the second I, I like freed it from the ground, it became a physics physics object that I could then grab with my crane and drag it back to my base. And if I placed it with the solar panel facing up, it would actually give power to my base. Hmm. Which is just this like crazy moment of realization where like, wow, they're really making every little object in the world kind of mean something and just gives a lot more satisfaction to like exploring and finding new things and uh, stuff like that. Have you talked about the fact that there's co-op? I haven't. So I actually haven't played the co-op, uh, although I've watched people play it. I've watched videos of it. But there is, f- I think it's up to four players at once can go to town. I am dying to try it in co-op because it seems like perfect for that. Everyone like kind of building and doing their own thing and then coming together. Let's do it together. Yeah, let's rock and roll. Um, um, I am. I looked this up on Steam before we started uh, recording because I haven't played it and I hadn't really even heard of it. Um, yeah. And I'd like to read the top review. Uh, this person says, went to the top of a mountain, asked friend if he wanted to try to build to the moon, spent the next hour building <laughs> up. You can like terraform the ground in the game. Yeah. Uh, spent the next hour building up into the atmosphere, past the atmosphere, into space, space debris flying by, keep going up, start getting motion sickness from the spinning due to actually rotating with the planet, falls off accidentally. I have no <laughs> idea you radical. could do that. Yeah, that's really that is that's amazing. true. You can actually do that. That's that's super sick. Yeah, I, I, I it sounds like my cup of tea, and I, I think um, um, uh, 
sort of a more cynical person would say like, well, this is what No Man's Sky should have been. But to be like, to be honest, like, yeah, it does kind of set like you mentioning there's not like a menu where you have 99 carbon and you have to inject it into your spaceship so you can jump to the next planet. Like everything being very physics based and very um, experimental exploratory, like sounds pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. So that you dropped in the room, Russ, Uh, this looks great. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. So what I want to say, you know, for the No Man's Sky thing, like I think the big difference is that no man's sky was trying to do like 60 different things like randomized uh you know al- uh, animal generation and randomized planets and blah, 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 and so on and so forth and it ended up like kind of spreading itself very thin uh this game again it's early access so they're like slowly building it up but this game has started i think much more focused which is to say like they want to make that first planet experience really cool and satisfying and interesting and then they're going to kind of build on top of that. Now, right now, you can actually leave the planet and go to another planet. You can build a like a spaceship uh, once you get the proper materials and research. And the other planets have different gravity and stuff like that. But the randomness aspect of the different planets is not the driving force. There are also no, no animals. There are like quasi-violent plants that you'll run into. But I, I think they were very smart in kind of picking their battles and saying, we're going to make this like base building physics based cooperative experience like as tight as we can and then kind of similar to minecraft start like adding things to it and i i honestly believe like this game is going to be around for three to four years um i there's a really strong fan base already and if they continue to support it as well as they have so far i think it's going to be really this is like the best possible scenario for these open access games like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it. I, I will always wonder what would have happened with No Man's Sky if it had been developed with the audience. I usually do not think that is like the best way to make a game, but these kind of like start with a kernel of an idea and then start to find the game. It just feels like there's such an opportunity to see like to essentially it's free QA to, to yeah. test it out to see what works and then to kind of build towards that. Yeah, it also forces you to make sure that your first 15 minutes or so is like a really interesting slice, um, which, yeah, is is it's the hardest part of making a game is making sure that that loop, the first thing your player sees is like a fun, interesting loop. Yeah. And And they want to keep um, doing it no matter what. And then you can just and then once you can nail that, you can just at like just like your space station is modular. They treat the game as modular, which is like, okay, we've nailed this aspect now we're going to start doing this aspect and we'll test we'll try different things it might not be perfect right out of the gate but slowly but surely you're just building onto this mound of cool stuff and uh, but I, I think as a start um it's a really great start it's not a surprise they've got like some former valve people working on this game so like it doesn't surprise me that it's as good as it is early on but um definitely a game worth watching i i really dig it cool well uh this is the best game of part. january was Oh, now we fight to the death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember? This has always been the best part of the show. Uh, um, um, I mean, this, I, for me, personally yeah. speaking, uh, I would do Yakuza or Re- I, I, Resident Evil. I think Resident Evil is a better game, but I also know that nobody here has played it. Well, uh, again, I've played the demo. Uh, based on what, it, and it's also a game that, like, I know that I wouldn't play, although I appreciate the artistry and why it's good. Um, so I would probably vote Resident Evil as well. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna vote Gravity Rush, knowing that it is more of a, you know, uh, a thinking man game. It's more cerebral. No, no, it, it's a statement. I, you know, like I know it's gonna lose. It's a protest vote. It's, and we all know it's how Gary, well those work. Gary Johnson vote. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't be able to go to bat for Yakuza Zero just because I don't feel like I haven't played enough of it. Um, but I feel like noting when somebody pulls a series like from the depths of of depravity into the limelight. There were I think 3DS well. games that came out too. Like so many Resident Evil games came out that I was like, fuck all this. It was <laughs> done. Like it was dead. They released so, it wasn't, they made that fucking Raccoon City shooter. Oh, they made God. so many bad Resident Evil games. It's astonishing. Fresh should love yeah. that game. I think that's worth celebrating. Do you think they just killed everyone that was working on the old games and wow. just like started, they just like went wow, to a geez, college and hired a bunch of 20 year olds and it was like, evil. yeah, it sounds really Resident <laughs> Evil to me. Your so fan. you guys are okay with Resident Evil 7? Yeah, it works. yeah, let's, yeah. let's do that. Um, All right, uh, our it, best game of January 2017 is Resident Evil 7. If we can take a minute, now that we're doing do this... battle next month. Now that mm-hmm. we're doing... Oh, wait, are we going to put Resident Evil against the winner of next... No. That's the way the game works. It's is a game it? of the year show that goes all year long. Oh, yeah, oh, I forgot about this. That was shit, how we started. Oh, that's such a dumb way to do it, but okay. <laughs> um, so let's talk about predictions for February then. Anybody oh, have any? Because there's some there's some jamos coming out in February too. Well, like f- the Fire Emblem game, I'm looking forward to. Neo uh, comes out next month. Oh yeah, Neo. Be tough to be. Does Near uh, come out? Horizon, Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn, Dawn comes out February 28th. Oh, Horizon, I think it, it, is going to be. Horizon is going to be great, but that Near Automata demo was. Near good. is Near out? I don't think Near's out in February. Is it? It's not. No, I don't think. Damn, so. I, I could have picked Hitman. That would have been a cop out, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, Hitman's old. Well, the, it's the it first season on disc releases tomorrow. Yeah, that's yeah, a near. Near is today. next month. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, in, a, in America. Yeah. No, no, no. North America is March seventh. Uh, well, and Halo Wars two guys. Oh. <laughs> I guess PC might be next month. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, that near near Automata looks pretty cool. Um, there's new Psychonauts game. No big deal. Is that really coming is out next month? PSVR one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh. Um. I played it at an event. It's it's kind of cool. Oh, Torment, Tides of Numenera looks looks nice. We got uh, stuff. For, uh, for Honor. Yeah, there's some good stuff. Uh, Pucci and Yoshi's Woolly World on 3DS. Mm. Yeah. yeah, so it should be interesting, and we will talk about those games and maybe some other ones. Who knows? It's impossible to say. But uh, <laughs> that's going to do it? Do I say? Uh-huh. I just say. That's going to do it first. Just time on the besties. Yeah, and then you, like, yeah, you talk about Polygon. Be sure to tune in next month for the besties. Yeah. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? Besties! Besties! You nailed it. Besties!